and welcome to the Not A Game podcast, episode 65, I'm told. Apparently Tom got it wrong last time. Um, I'm joined Erica Weber. I'm okay. Thanks for being concerned. I've just got a bit of a cough. Someone who is not okay, however, is Philippa War, though she is here. Hello. <laughs> and uh, I think Tom Hatfield is fine. Yeah, no, I was also <laughs> Brilliant. Well, two out of three. So we, sh- we should be okay. Um, and everyone gets to hear Pip's um, sexy ill voice, which oh, is always gosh. good, <laughs> which is a, a common occurrence uh, on the Not A Game parts, podcast. like sultry and just disgustingly germ-filled. <laughs> um, I don't have really a very silly question, but I was, I do have a question. Like, um, so I was just listening to the last episode that you guys, uh, that you did, Tom, with Paul Dean and Elsa Bartley. And at the end, when you briefly mentioned my karaoke, because apparently you thought it would make me angry if you didn't. (laughs) Um, But you're right. I did sing I'm a Bro, um, which is about how you really, really want to, you know, like all these hipster indie games. But actually, you just want to play shooters and, you know, other games like that. So my question is, what is your most guilty pleasure bro game? And as a second part, what is a hipster indie game that you really, really want to like, but don't at all? Uh, Probably Bulletstorm for the first one. Isn't, I've never played Bulletstorm, but don't people say about that, that it's one of these subversive types? Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell, as with Mm. most games that claim to be subversive. Oh, like Bayonetta. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have brought it up. That's a conversation for another day. I mean, I, I also. I mean, I enjoy Far Cry Three despite all, all the problems with Far Cry Three, which are many. Mm. Do you feel bad for enjoying it? Because that's the point, right? Like you're supposed to enjoy it and then get guilty about it. Um, and I did ask what your guilty, what your guilty pleasure bro game was. Yeah, I, I guess it is. I suppose it is like um, uh, Far Cry then. It's like, I, you know, I really love the dancing around, uh, uh, <coughs> attacking outposts and setting animals on things, and that feels great. And then I realise that I have to play another bit of story. And then yeah. I'm like, why am I keeping, why, why am I playing this trash? Why am I keeping it alive? Why am I escaping another burning building? But you just can't stop. Because you're a bro. <laughs> what about you, Pip? Are you a bro? Um, I don't know, I... I kind of have that intrinsic sort of dislike of the guilty pleasure notion, you know, like yeah. something's either like a pleasure or it isn't. And like, sometimes it's problematic in some ways, but it's still like, I don't know, that phrase kind of like, isn't mm. one that I tend to use. I mean, I actually really like a whole bunch of, like, you know, I, I like sort of multiplayer shooters and I like, you know, a whole bunch of kind of just sort of, games that people might think are mindless i guess yeah, um, no, i wasn't saying that that's like the only shooter i i, I think anyone who's listened to this podcast well knows that i you know completely unironically unguiltily love lots of shooters that's just one that that's just one i thought of that occasionally makes me feel bad for like mm. so i don't know like i like there's a whole heap of games like from the entire spectrum of 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 uh, genres and and um, developer studio sizes, you know, have the capacity to have little bits that rub me up the wrong way or like that I sort of don't feel entirely comfortable with. And so, like, I don't know. It's one of those weird things where I don't think it. It. I don't 
know. I try to think like whether there's anything that I kind of I don't know, I suppose there's there's the possibility that you would absolutely love the, the mechanical side of something and then like the actual sort of dialogue is just abysmal or something. But I I guess I just haven't really none of them are springing to mind, I guess. Um Fair enough. But like on the uh, was it an, an indie game that you did? Because I think it might be too sort of popular to maybe fit that bill, but I have never, ever particularly got on with Spelunky. Like, I don't feel a particular Wait, draw you, to it. I you don't. Did, like, loads of Spelunky videos. But that was because there was a community side to it. I don't feel compelled to go back to the game when I'm not actually sort of just doing some kind of fun thing with friends. Like, mm. I, I have no love of the actual game itself or the mechanical processes but the community around it was lovely and like I sort of enjoyed having that sort of playful I guess rivalry with like the other people who were uploading the daily challenges but I never got good at it and I never cared to get good at it I mean you can't have you can't have hated it though like I would never I would never play a game I hated just because I think there are just loads of games that I just sort of bounce off in that sort of same I, like Binding of Isaac, so many people like have have sort of been talking about that recently because obviously it had the um, oh what's it called uh, rebound costs. yeah um, but I you know it's it's a game that I've tried and just sort of bounced off you know mm. and so I yeah like I don't I'm I'm really struggling to think of games that I actively sort of dislike I tend to just sort of bounce off them or like you know they just don't compel me to keep playing I suppose mm. yeah that's fair enough Valiant Hearts actually I didn't like that and I know a lot of people have like fondness for that Valiant um, Hearts is that the, the World War One game that I just finished reviewing that's someone? Ubisoft yeah, <laughs> yeah thing and for me it just felt like it, it sort of wanted to be meaningful and it sort of kept straying into just outright sentimentality and like there was a certain amount of just like um including actual sort of information about the war and that's why i thought well maybe it's sort of about uh, you know maybe it's got like an actual sort of um educational remit that it maybe has to fulfill because i didn't feel that those bits were integrated particularly successfully but i figured like if it had that as part of its funding or you know as part of the actual sort of specifications that maybe that was sort of like not exactly excuse the implementation but like we come to it would sort of explain it a bit like I wasn't that a few people accused me of like being down on educational games and it's like it's not that it's more that I was looking for a reason for that stuff to have been included if you know in the way that it had been if it wasn't like part of just a a sort of you absolutely have to have this information in the game and then like they had all that stuff about like hey you have to um have uh you know it was basically like oh you know the war was like really awful and and these things happened in real life and you know all that kind of stuff and then it was like oh but you died so you have to go back to a checkpoint you know like the soldiers did in real life oh wait no they didn't And, and you're kind of like it just it was such a horribly jarring experience the first time that happened you know like running across a a the uh the battlefield and like having this like a bomb or something come and, and 
like obliterate your character and then it just resets you to a checkpoint and i'm just like you've lost me you've actually lost me i'm mm. done especially with because you pass you go past all these dead bodies and you're obviously supposed to be very moved but then it if was, you if your soldier gets knocked down you just get to try again yeah and i just like that's just a terrible way of implementing that you know like choose a different gameplay style you know yeah choose different mechanics do something that isn't just this because this like I actually just found it kind of offensively glib. Yeah, I think I called it contrasting with, like having that contrasting with like these actual real life stories. I was just like, do it better or don't do it. Yeah, but I know a lot of people sort of felt differently, and I know that like quite a few people were you know incredibly moved by it. And I was just like, look, I'm the sort of person that cries over like mobile phone adverts or something if they're particularly <laughs> schmaltzy or sentimental I didn't cry at this because I was just like no you have Pip. lost me and I don't yeah Pip, did you cry at the um John Lewis advert the Monty the Penguin no thing? I started tweeting abusive things about penguins I think yeah no I saw those were quite funny actually <laughs> I I yeah I I kind of I, sometimes the John Lewis advert feels like it's actually a parody of itself and this time it just felt like it didn't even know what it was I, I was like have you actually filled in one of those like create your own John Lewis advert memes at this point someone I think it was you know that game Rain mm. that um, that small um, oh the one where you were like made. kind of invisible and then the rain would sort of reveal where you were and there were monsters yeah, and, yeah. I think I confused I'm... with the risk of rain um, or heavy rain <laughs> um <laughs> I think I read a review where someone called it something like um, Game Journal Bait. Like, there's just, there are certain kinds of indie games where the style is very much designed to make you think, ooh, you know, I'm going to like this. Like, you just, without even knowing what kind of game it is. Well, I think it's because, like, when you're writing about stuff or when you're previewing stuff, often all you have to go on is the you know, like a trailer or some screenshots for a little while, you know? And mm. so, like, if it looks beautiful and has an interesting sounding concept, you know, like, you do sort of hope that it's going to be be able to make good on those things. And, like, it's sort of pleasant to, to look at and to contemplate and everything, but that doesn't sort of excuse bad implementation. I haven't really played Rain beyond, like, you know, literally five minutes at the end of EGX last year when it was, you know, like, ma'am, you have to leave now um, at the end of the day. <laughs> Philippa, please leave <laughs> I the building. I promise I wasn't doing anything bad. Um, but, um, so, I, yeah, because I didn't really... Uh, that one kind of fell off my radar, to be honest. But when, when Valiant Hearts sort of turned up, I was actually kind of slightly concerned about it even then because it felt like it was very much a this is our game that is designed to tug on your heartstrings it also features a dog a lovely yeah, dog, dog a dog that helps that people yeah. and i was just sat there like oh good you know like uh, so um i i don't know like i was really interested in the art style and i still am it was like a very beautiful game and i think that's not to be sort of underestimated and it did have some interesting um like sequences because there are bits where it's actually sort of you're moving around in time to choreography and those actually i thought were really interesting and, and sort of worked well it was more the yeah like the checkpointing was particularly mm. uh yeah yeah i, I think uh, I, yeah 
can't, I can't, I'm sure I had an answer for mine, but I can't. I think, like the song says, um, I haven't been able to play braid because I just, it's too difficult. <laughs> like, I just, I know that it's an important game and I want to be able to talk to people about it, but I just don't have the patience mm. uh, or the brain cells, really. <laughs> for me, I think um, I found Monica really disappointing because um, I really like Heist Idea and there were some cool bits of artwork and some interesting ideas with like the blueprint aesthetic. Mm. Um, but it just it just wasn't thought through at all. There were a bunch of, they got a bunch of, it just felt like there were a bunch of interesting ideas thrown into the mix with no attempt to really balance or yeah, uh, them in any way at all. Um, and it was just a mess. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like Monaco either. But I don't think, I mean, I didn't give it very much time, so... Mm. I just, yeah, like Pip, I think I just bounce off stuff and just don't go back to it. I've got too many other things to play. Like, if a game doesn't grab me pretty soon. I should create a category on my Steam list for games Tom has played for about two hours because he knows he has to play something before the podcast. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Oh, dear. I mean, fortunately, I do a lot of reviews, so I've I've generally got something that I've Mm. recently played, which means we should move on to that section, actually. Mm. That's a, that's a good segue. Um, which one of you wants to go first? Pip? Since you're okay. sick. <laughs> played recently. In case you die before the end of the podcast. Well, yeah, yeah, we just need to get this out of the way. Um, I'm playing a couple of things that are under embargo, so I'm just actually racking my braids for um, something that I can talk about. I've been playing... Um, I've been playing a bit of Shine, actually, which is SCH. E-I-N, um, and what it is is you uh, play as a dad who is looking for his son in this kind of like weird sort of swamp land, and um, a wisp comes to sort of. Eat. Do you guys know about wisps and things? They're like yeah, they're those... in brave. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I I couldn't remember like. Well, the thing is, brave is the movie that like people have watched the least. Like the. But yeah, uh, so it's like this spirit that sort of, I guess, tempts travellers off the beaten path and stuff. Um, and so a wisp comes along and uh, promises to sort of help mm. this guy look for his kid. And the, it's it's basically a puzzle platformer. And what you're doing is using the, the light from the wisp to illuminate um, hidden platforms and things that are in sort of, I guess, like a... A different dimension and also like it, it does some interesting things with the with the light and things in terms of um when the um when the green light from the wisp is is i think it's through the wisp anyway um basically when you're illuminated in the green light you're sort of more youthful and hopeful and stuff um and then uh, like the the things that get illuminated aren't the sort of the dead ground of of uh, your actual sort of greyish beigeish world they're um, you know like these verdant kind of you know um, blocks of uh, land and, and uh, like little moving islands and things and the sort of interesting puzzles that play around with that and you later kind of get different types of light as well like red light and blue light and things and those sort of do different things and yeah it's just it's it's an interesting one to to play actually um and so like the voice acting isn't very good but the puzzles uh so far have actually sort of you know been kind of interesting so yeah how difficult how difficult is it because this will affect whether i play it or not 
Um, it's not Braid. Right. <laughs> Good. Um, the thing is, I played like the demo of it at uh, the Paris thing, uh, the Game Connection event that I went to in Paris last week, um, and that was. Um, it, it's not any of the levels in the actual game, but it's sort of an amalgamation of all the ideas to sort of showcase it. And they said that I kind of went through it a lot quicker than anybody else and like and, and that's so not smart. sort of it's not that it's um it's that I think I have that's my thing with games is that I think in the right way for those kinds of games right okay like those kinds of puzzle platformers so I don't I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't quite know how to answer your question because for me they seem to come more easily than they do for other people. Whereas I struggle with, you know, maybe some Twitch shooters and stuff like that. I like that that's not my comfort zone or Yeah. That's an interesting thing that we should talk about one day actually. Like what is the kind of thing in gaming that you are particularly good at? Because for me I've got I've got quite good reaction times but not good aim. So I'm really good at, there's this game called Cowboy Bang or something like that, where you just have to, it's an iPhone game, and you play it against someone. And um, you have to, you know, it's like a shootout. You have to shoot the other person before they shoot you, and it goes ready, steady, and then waits, and then it goes bang, and whoever can tap the screen quickest wins. I played it at Game City against, (laughs) I know it's just because I'm so young, obviously, but... I played it, um, we played it, we were waiting for food um, at Game City. There were like 12 of us sat around this table in this burger bar and I beat every single person at the table. But I'm no good at, like most games I'm not good at at all. And most games involve more than reaction times. Like I think I'm dyspraxic, so my aim is pretty poor. But if I you have a game you with... literally... I struggle with like keyboard awareness mm. because like so if I'm playing an MMO that makes use of like I don't know the numbers one to eight or whatever as well as like WASD I can't find the right numbers quick enough because my mm. fingers just don't know where they are. Really, I always find that with trying to use um, shortcuts in um, Dota likes, but I assume given the amount of time you spent with them, you surpassed that. Um, yeah that's fine like I kind of because I'm not actually moving too far from where my actual fingers are so like Mm. I can leave like three of my fingers still on the right keys and just look for the for the right one with the like a questing finger whereas if it's like (laughs) number eight like my thing my hand is just not big enough I have tiny 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 hands and so I just (laughs) I can't get to it Mm. quick enough because it means I have to move my entire hand away from the controls that it needs and then mm. I can't sort of fight a, uh, my way back quick enough. See, for me, it's a mini keyboard. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> like, my MacBook Air keyboard is great for me because it's mm. kind of smaller than a regular keyboard would be, but I'm smaller than a regular person, so mm. it's yeah. pretty perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of different for me because, well, obviously, because I have enormous hands. But also, um, I find that I'm, I'm ha- perfectly happy with something that I'm really familiar with in the keyboard layout, but at the moment, like, um, so, you know, was one to... Eight, that's fine, but um, why? I, but I, whenever I tried to do do it in uh, Dota or LOL, it was just like these button, these button combinations. Even though I've used those buttons before, are in such a weird way that I'm completely unfamiliar with. I'm not used to using like the worst buttons for something other than walking around. Mm. So, so I just couldn't like process it in my mind. Fair enough. Um, what else have you been playing, Pip? Or is that it for this week? Um, I've been playing quite a lot of Mount Your Friends. Um, with, I think, have we talked about yeah, that? Yeah, I was, can't remember if we did or we didn't. But anyway, yeah, I've played a bit of that. And um, I'm trying to think, like, I've actually played quite a lot 
of stuff, but it's mostly been. I've played a lot of Destiny. Actually, I did the uh, the raid on that uh, this weekend. Oh, how did that go? We got to like the very end, and then just weren't doing enough damage in enough time, and it had gone midnight, and like Ooh. my body was just like i need either lemsip or to crawl <laughs> into a hole right now yeah. and, how do you yeah. feel when um when you spend a lot of time because I, I know this happens with dota right like you spend a lot of time on a match and then you lose and like how is that how does that feel is it incredibly anticlimactic or do you just think well i've had a good time anyway i think uh with certainly with something like dota or indeed with the destiny raid and stuff like because there's a lot of different components to it you could usually find something that was interesting or some um so like but i guess with so with destiny we were playing for nearly three hours i think and i'd played it with some other friends for about seven hours the previous weekend um not yeah the previous weekend and so what it was was like you spend ages trying to figure out little bits and then like once you get that you get onto the next bit and you try to figure that out so like Mm with the raid it actually feels like an ongoing process and it's annoying that we didn't finish it this time because i was actually with mm. people who'd like done it before and stuff so mm. it was more straightforward and more quick but it's a particularly disheartening kind of failure as well the the sort of slow realization that we're not quite doing damage fast enough yeah but then again like so Maybe it's not so slow for people who actually know what they're doing um, I think it's more just that it's annoying for that particular moment in time, but it still rewarded you with some item drops or some like resources and stuff along the way. So it's not like you sort of leave and nothing has been done. And also, I think the the raid actually saves your progress until like it resets every Tuesday, but you could actually sort of go back to it if you uh, if you need to. Um, but... I'm sorry if you guys can hear fireworks. By the way, <laughs> it's not me. Um, so there's that but with Dota actually it is quite disheartening sometimes because like you can sort of spend ages and and be sort of you know on the cusp of victory but they just you know manage to end it quicker than you can or you know like that's kind of like the base race kind of scenario or sometimes you just you know that you're fucked from the draft and you're just like well, this is going to be fun. And you you know, it's not like you give up instantly. You sort of try and make it work in case they make a bunch of mistakes or can't exploit the fact that you've fucked up. But, you know, some of those matches, it's just like, well, that was 45 minutes of unnecessary misery or like just grinding awfulness where they couldn't quite finish it, but you knew that they would eventually. And you can't, um, you can't just quit out, can you, if you know you're going to lose? You can, but you get an abandoned, you know, like in some circumstances, you just end up in the low priority queue, which is full of like horrible rage quitters. And, you know, like it's just, it's just nonsense. And you have to play a certain amount of matches to like get back out of that. And yeah, it's like, so I don't know, like that's, so I didn't actually feel dispirited about the raid, uh, but sometimes I do feel super dispirited about Dota stuff. <laughs> Fair enough. And yet you keep going. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's uh, that's the problem, really, isn't it? <laughs> um, I think if I ever felt like I'd stopped kind of learning anything or if it had stopped being productive or being about spending time with friends as well, then, then I would stop because there wouldn't be any reason to go back. But That's good. Yeah. How about you, Tom? What have you been playing? 
Well, I'm actually going to reach back to something that I played at um, <coughs> Game City, but didn't talk about the last podcast, which is that I got to have a go at the demo of Titan Souls. I've which, never heard of that. I, I see. I've uh, I've seen it cropping up a lot over Twitter uh, recently. It was made for a game jam a while back, and it's specifically kind of a mashup of um, <clears throat> Dark Souls and Shadow of the Colossus. Ooh. Um, in that it feel more. It feels more like Shadow of the Colossus to me, really. Um, in that it's a uh, top-down. Um, Incredibly stripped down game. Like there is literally, there's literally two controls. There's you know, A is roll, and X is shoot arrow. Um, and then if you shot your arrow, you can hold it down to sort of telekinetically pull it back towards you. Um, you die in one hit, and all the all the fights are against these like giant boss monsters. Um, and they all kind of they don't that they they all kind of follow the same logic as in there's, there's no hit points. Uh, they they might have like two or three different forms, but each one that each one will die if you hit it once so you know it's like maximum two or three hits per boss so at least in the ones I played um, and it is just all about desperate evasion basically <laughs> uh, so there's um, there's one for example which is probably my favourite one which is a giant like frozen brain <laughs> and that's sort of stomping around trying to jump on you and wait 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 these... stomping yeah it's sort of Levitating, just bouncing up and down. Right, okay. It's not a brain with feet in like big no. Doc Martens. Okay. No. All right. Um, and yeah, and that sort of like bounces around, has various moves where it tries to leap on, it suddenly leaps a great distance or whatever. And so you're constantly rolling around trying to get into a position where you can. Uh, there's a trick to it that I won't explain because if I explained like how to fit the, the puzzle boss elements of this, that, that's the entire game. Um, oh, okay. But it basically has two different forms, and you hit it. You uh, hit it twice with a little trick to it, and then you've won. Uh, do you um, do you do you turn it upside down and hit it on its weak spot? <laughs> no, no. Oh, right, okay. But yeah, it's uh, um, and again, you die in one hit as well. And any time you die, you basically respawn at something much like a Dark Souls campfire, um, and you go in and defeat it. And uh, once you defeat the boss, it stays dead regardless of whether you die or not. And it's set in this very sort of Shadow of the colossus ruins area, at least the bit that I played was. Um, but yeah, and the idea is that it will be entirely that, as far as I can tell. Just like, I think they said they're going to do about 25 boss fights. That's pretty cool. How, um, um, so, how many bosses have you played? Uh, there were five in that demo. How was the imagination or the ingenuity like between the different ones, or do you think they'll run out of ideas? Really good, I think, actually. Um, and they're all, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be quite hard for them to get 25 good ones, I think, especially when they've got to quite, kind of keep the logic of that sort of one hit logic. Yeah. Um, but there were four that were actually in the proper demo, which, and after I beat all of them, the uh, developer, like, um, flipped me over to another mode where uh, they had a sort of one that was still being balanced. Oh, my beat, goodness. It was too hard. So, so like how Pip was super good at the game she was playing, you're also super good at the game you were playing. Yeah, I guess this is very unusual for me. I'm not usually good at games, but okay. I, I beat those four in about half an hour, I think, 20 minutes, something like that. Um, and then they put me onto the extra hard one that hasn't been balanced yet that, that uh, eventually I gave up on to, to uh, let someone else have the control. Fair enough. Um, but no, it was really weird, actually, because um, it was Jack DeKeat was playing it. Um, 
from the tall trees and he was stuck on one of the bosses and handed it over to me and I was like, no one ever hands stuff over for me to beat. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the person who gets tagged in. I'm the person who tags someone else in. Did it feel nice? Turned out to be surprisingly good at it. Yeah. You was that what you were playing at the closing party? Because yes. like every time I turned around, it was like you were still there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think I was only there for about half an hour. But yeah. Well, a lot of those games didn't last that long. The ones that were at the closing party, because mm. mm. they were meant for people to be able to swap in and out quite quickly. I think. Yeah, yeah exactly. or like they were things that you you would sort of get the point of them quick enough. Mm. So yeah, exactly. But the game that I beat the first two, I was like, oh man, I, I might actually do this. <laughs> the game that I most loved at the closing party was that push me pull you game. I think oh, yeah. called, um, where you play in pairs. Um, so you have two v two, and I played with um, Martin Hollis, oh. and we were incredible at this game. Like people, <laughs> that's could... why it always looks so weird. <laughs> you just trying to coordinate. Yeah. So, um, so basically, there's these two kind of sausage creatures on the screen, and each team is controlling one of them. But they have a face at each end and arms at each end, and there's a ball in the middle, and um, it's kind of the uh, battleground, so to speak, is a is a circle split in two. And you need to keep the ball in your side for long enough for the kind of meter to fill up. And then you win that round and it's like best to three or whatever. But um, as I said, you're each controlling half of the creature um, that your pair has. So uh, and you can do stretching and kind of retracting um, and uh, moving. And that's it. So you kind of you learn how to and this is the trick I think that other players didn't seem to get, but that me and uh, Martin got quite quickly was that if you do kind of stretch and then retract, it pulls the ball. If you've got the ball kind of between the two of you, like wrapped Mm. in your body, then that will pull it along in the direction that you're moving. And like other people didn't seem to get that. Um, So we played like a bunch of people and we beat all of them. Um, But yeah, it was so much fun. Like once you once you've got it, because it just seemed like this weird thing. Once you, when you first sat down with it, like, what on earth is this game? It looks like you're playing with poo, basically, because it's just yeah. these long, stringy things that are a bit wrinkly. Um, or penises, I guess. Like, choose your preference. But um, it's, it's, it's a really, really weird game. But it, yeah, yeah it actually has quite a lot of uh, skill and kind of tactics to it, which I really liked. Mm, it's very strange, actually, because I've, I've never actually played it, but I've, it's been at, like, a wild rumpus that I went to and uh, Game City and it's a really good game to have like on a screen in the background because it looks so weird mm. yeah so people just walk past like kind of yeah it's so kind of disgusting <laughs> uh, Muscle Cat Showdown was good as well did you play that? I don't I didn't know so uh, in Muscle Cat Showdown it's another multiplayer game it's 1v1 though this time you each uh, you each have a cat uh, that is trained in uh, in posing like uh like Schwarzenegger I guess um in that they're they're very muscly sexy cats that um you give them you play like a child and you give them commands on a piece of paper and then the cat has to pose in a particular uh, in the pose that you've told them to so it's like um with the two analog sticks you put one arm in one direction and one arm in another direction and then it creates a pose and you're doing it against each other so you're trying to do it quicker than the other player and it's just it's just hilarious because it's these just these cats um shaped like muscly humans um doing these sexy sexy poses and the controllers are covered in um in fur 
Um, so it feels really weird to play as well. Like I played against, um, I can't remember who, one of the One Life Left guys. And he was like, I don't like this. I don't like how this feels. This feels like cotton wool and I don't like cotton wool. I don't want to touch it. Like he didn't want to touch the controller. Um, I managed to convince him to play. I think he played uh, Chris Avalone maybe or Martin Hollis and uh, they both enjoyed it. So. Mm. so yeah, that was good. That was, that was, yeah, that was my closing party. <laughs> Pip, you were just following um, people around taking pictures, weren't you? Um, I was, I did bits of that because Brenda was covering it for um, his party games thing in um, Rock Paper Shotgun. Mm. So I was like helping him out, just taking some pictures and things. Um, but I was also playing a whole bunch of the games. Like I think the only ones that I didn't play were um, Towerfall because I've played that before. Mm. Um, Titan Souls because like that like it, it felt like unless i sort of queued up or loitered i wouldn't get a go so i left that no, one I, mean, I ended up playing it because yeah as i said some uh jack was a draw with it and sort of asked me to be a boss for him uh, but also it's it's not the kind of thing i would usually put at a, an event like that i think they actually they basically they did have they had their game there and someone else pulled out and they sort of subbed in at the last minute uh, uh fair enough but yeah so like but everything except those two and Muscle Cat Showdown I played. Um, mm. And also, like, you know, I was sort of listening to the uh, the spoken stuff and then, like, just through the other room, sort of chatting to friends and drinking and, yeah, just sort of then karaoke, <laughs> all the karaoke. Um, so, yeah. The, um, it was good. What was the thing in the arcade cabinet? Oh, that art that game. That was um, Become art. a Great Artist of 10 Seconds. It's Michael Bro's game. Um, uh. It's with someone else, actually, I think. Uh, but So you, you both could, like, control, uh, like, you know, the, the sticks and the buttons, and it changed the different modes and what they did and sort of how it affected the the look of the the thing that it had generated on screen and so that was actually really interesting and so like you could sort of play it competitively and that you know like brendan wanted a particular kind of effect and then i sort of pressed a few things and absolutely ruined it by adding too much red and um <laughs> sort of like you could sort of with the right combination of things make it make these like weird kaleidoscope patterns that were really pleasing and i think we kind of broke it at one point because you we, broke art. Yeah. We like actually we broke it. Like, they had to unplug the cabinet and fiddle with something. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, we, we got to the point where, like, you couldn't actually press anything and it have an impact. Like, it was just, like, scrolling through a thing. And, yeah, so so that happened to us. I don't know what happened to you, but, yeah. Um, yeah same. One of the players it. couldn't do anything. And we couldn't work out if it was part of the experience, like, if it was intentional or not. <laughs> but then someone, yeah, someone came along and fixed it. But yeah, so there was like, it was actually a really good evening because there was a lot of variety in what you wanted to do. And even if you didn't like one thing, you could, so if you didn't find any of the games particularly interesting, you could listen to what people were talking about or like just socialize. And if you weren't interested in the performances, you could sort of, you know, still be playing games. Like people wouldn't take offense. You know, it wasn't a kind of now everyone must stop and then listen. And so, oh, yeah. Hannah Nicklin's thing was so good. It was beautiful, wasn't it? She's so good. She's such a good, like, she does such great performances. Mm. Like, so I think Feral yeah, Vector sorry, was great. What did she do at Feral Vector? Uh, she uh, was talking about the ways in which we break games, and it was sort of a similarly moving kind of uh, poetry kind of performance thing. It was really good. Yeah, for those who don't know, what she did at Game City was she spent time at the actual festival um, collecting kind of gaming-related memories from people who were there, and then she 
kind of wove them together into this um, spoken word piece that she read out. It was pages and pages long, but I couldn't stop listening. Like, um, I don't know, I tend, to, I tend to kind of, I think I have a little bit of ADHD or something, like I tend to lose focus with things like that, but I just sat there and listened through the whole thing. It was mm. really, really good. Like all these stories about, you know, people playing games and making games and like, stories about their childhood. Yeah, that's it. Like um, the way the game game thing that she set up worked was that people gave her their memories and then she wrote them down on cards I think and then every time someone told her a new one they got to then take one away with them yeah so it's kind of like a bit it's like a gaming exchange program and yeah. or a game memory exchange program but she sort of read out some of the sequences and just it was they were just lovely snippets of insight into you know like it's the sort of experiences that you have when you're a kid and you're sort of maybe making up games or the things that really mean something to you like there was one about um a girl whose playstation one was sort of still working and stuff but it was the last thing her her father ever gave her and like um you know she's sort of doesn't ever want it to break and obviously like that was that was quite far into the talk but it was like a really emotional sort of story but sort of there was such a sort of sparsity of of words that it just yeah it was um hannah's good at really sort of cutting to the point and not losing any of the emotion through that i think Mm. yeah she's got real skill Mm. um i think that's everything that happened at the closing party Uh um what i've been playing um i'll let you guys pick again i've been playing um call of duty advanced warfare which was probably what i would have said for my um for my guilty bro game um i've also been playing just dance 2015 um which is awesome and i've also been playing tengami on the wii u um so whichever you would most like to hear about uh i guess call of duty maybe because that's i haven't actually played any of it so but i'm interested in your experience because i've sort of had Mm. it's been a bit more like Usually you kind of know what to expect uh, in terms, of, but this one actually seems to have divided people. Some people are saying it's actually really good this year. Yeah, some people are like, yeah, some people. I think so. I think it's different enough that that people who really like Call of Duty but have reluctantly started to get bored of it because it is incredibly dull. Like it's so formulaic that you can't help but be fed up with it. But I think those people who are just waiting for a chance to like it again have seen this as enough of a change to be like, yeah, yeah I can like it again now. Whereas people who are a bit more um, cynical have been like, well, yeah, it has a few changes, but it is still basically the same thing. So no, I'm not impressed. Um, but I don't, I don't, I haven't played all of them. I reviewed the last one, the last couple. So I'm not as bored by them as everyone else is. And I don't play the multiplayer um, like I played a bit for the review, but um... see for me, and it might just be the sort of the esports previous stuff coming out, but it felt like this version um, or this uh, episode, I guess, was very sort of multiplayer focused. Like there was a lot of sort of uh, changes or sort of tweaks to that that would hopefully sort of just make it super exciting to watch and fast paced and, yeah. and sort of that was I felt from reading about it the strong point like it kind of felt like 
okay, so there's a single player and we've got Kevin Spacey involved and he's going to be our, like, big, you know, signing and we can kind of pin a lot of, like, marketing around that and that will be, you know, helpful and useful, like, commercially. But Mm. really the sort of the longevity is in the multiplayer and so that's where we've really put all of our sort of attention or like not all of the attention but you know what I mean you yeah know what definitely I'm getting at. definitely that's definitely. the thing that's um, going to be played for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours they've brought it up to spec with well, not up to spec but you know what I mean it, it's got a similar feel to Titanfall and Destiny and everything because they've added this like more movement and stuff because it's set in the future and you've got double jump and it seriously feels like this year it's the year that they've got oh yeah there's that other axis that we sort of forget about movement <laughs> on oh yeah no let's jump let's do some jumping vertical mm. yeah. yeah it's the same that um yeah from what I've, it, i think it, people a lot of a lot of people have taken to it because it, it kind of just gives you more tools to just sort of prat around yeah like i don't know if you've seen um, tom francis's let's play video which mostly consists of him very using the slow fall thing to just jump off chairs i think i remember him talking about it on them on the podcast but like yeah so like that's my problem with the single player campaign was that they give you these tools but they only let you use them in certain missions Mm. and only when they tell you you're allowed to use them um whereas obviously then you go into the multiplayer and you can use like quite a lot of them whenever you want to um, but that was the most frustrating thing about the campaign is that they, they were like, oh, it's the future and you've got all these cool toys. But like for each chapter, you're only allowed to use some of them for some reason, despite the fact that like you've got these ridiculously expensive um, suits anyway. So there's not really any reason why some of them would only have some of the things in them. Mm. Um, but like but also you can only um, so there's like a grappling hook in some of the missions, but you can only use it when the mission has decided it's time to use the grappling hook. It's very, I mean, it's very Call of Duty, you know, like this mm. is the moment when you have to do this bit and uh, you're not allowed to do it elsewise. And you have to go in this direction. Don't wander off. We're not going to let you like you have to go exactly where we want you to and look at all the things that we've, you know, look at Kevin Spacey, look at the buildings. Mm. Um, it's weird that, that that kind of um, attitude is really sort of, um, been exaggerated in Call of Duty. No, I mean, um, it, it's sorry, it's become more prevalent in uh, recent years. Mm. Call of Duty. There was um, a, a quite a good article on Eurogamer a little while back from Rick Lane, basically looking back at the first Modern Warfare, which is still very good, I think, um, and pointing out that a lot of the things that people dislike about Call of Duty aren't actually there in the original. They're just kind of like it's not that restrictive. It's just become slowly more so over time. Yeah, it's becoming like it's becoming almost a parody of itself, Call of mm. Duty. But I do, yeah, the new toys are really, really fun. It feels great to play. And I understand why people would then want to, you know, why they would take it to the multiplayer because it's like, well, I just want to be able to do this more. But I am just so bad at online shooters that I just can't get to the point where it's fun because I just die too quickly. I think um. that's the problem with, with those games actually is that like if you don't come to them with a certain amount of like twitch ability or like muscle memory then it's so hard to find your footing because all you will do for like 12 hours straight is get your ass handed to you and it's so hard not to get dispirited and just go there are other games that i enjoy more and i'm better at so screw this yeah i mean um there was a great criticism i heard of it was back in the um black ops era of Call of Duty multiplayer is generally being like 
you get you run into a room and then you get shot in the back and then someone runs in behind the guy who shot you and shoots him in the back and then and then forever and ever and ever. Yeah, I always get killed right after killing someone in Call of Duty. Like I'll I'll have this moment where I'll be like, oh my god, I actually killed someone. I, I'm getting better at this, and then I'll die straight away. <laughs> I've had a few like so I'm getting better at the Destiny like multiplayer stuff because I just really enjoy that. So I've sort of really stuck with it. Um, mm. And it's uh, I have had a few times where I'm like, shit, I'm actually on a streak right now. This is brilliant. And then as soon as you notice it, it goes away, and you're like, yeah. oh, shit, now I'm dead. <laughs> Crap. Um, but yeah, like that's been actually really gratifying. I think. Yeah, like, but uh, I think this a similar thing happened at first. It was very much like, oh, I'm dying repeatedly. This is just annoying, and like, it, it took a while to sort of get out of that trench, I guess. And so, but I'm glad I did stick with it. But with Call of Duty, it seems to last far longer. And like with Titanfall, I just, I really didn't ever get to grips with that game. I was just like, I'm not enjoying it. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I could only play Titanfall for that brief moment when I had it before everyone else and no one else had played it. I was like, oh, you know, everyone else is a novice as well. This is fine. But as soon as people started getting practiced at it, that was it, really. I think that's why I quite like, I kind of quite like it, like in this very one specific way that Call of Duty does reset every year. Mm. Because, like, it means that if you come to the game like uh, quite far into its life cycle like if you came to like advanced warfare like you know in i don't know october next year it might actually be better to wait for the new one when it kind of resets a little bit you know and so you don't yeah. have to be that sort of oh everyone's already got really good at this and knows all the exploits and i'm just dying and dying and dying i don't know whether that's actually like reality or not but like it just popped into my head as a possible kind of oh a saving grace of the constant like production line <laughs> maybe they should just like adjust the aim slightly every year so everyone has to relearn it. oh god yeah, so so there wouldn't be threats. any death threats for that one <laughs> yeah oh dear uh, what is wrong with this industry <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah yeah that's Call of Duty I really enjoyed the campaign but as soon as I was done with it I was like okay that's that I don't really I don't really need to play that anymore if you don't maybe ask like six or seven hours I think I remember thinking this feels longer than I'm used to like I think it is slightly longer than the other ones the ending felt a bit more um satisfying like it didn't feel like it ended too quickly um it felt like there was quite a lot of build-up and and stuff I mean, it was it was incredibly like uh, contrived, but I didn't really mind. Yeah, I, I liked think it. If you go into Call of Duty expecting like subtlety, and you know, <laughs> like certainly at this point in the franchise, it's like really, really. <laughs> I mean, as people have been saying, it is nice that the the big bad guy is not, um, you know, Jay Foreigner. It's, you know, it's Kevin. Well, I don't want to spoil it. Never mind. I think I've already spoiled it. <laughs> to be honest, you'll work it out pretty soon into the game um, mm. who the bad guy is. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I liked it. Um, and yeah, then Just Dance 2015, if you're interested in hearing about that. I don't think I've got much of, much, you know, deep meaning to, to talk about, but I really, really, really like it. <laughs> <laughs> How big does your living room need to be for it? To be honest, it doesn't really matter because Just Dance doesn't care about being able to see you. Um, it doesn't care about whether you can dance or not. Like I said in my review, 
you can you can genuinely sit down through a whole song and have it still tell you that you're okay or good at some of the moves because I was so I wasn't feeling very well and I sat you know I turned on I think I was doing a playlist and I just sat down halfway through one of the songs and it kept being like okay okay good good like and I wasn't I wasn't moving at all um which is great um, Did that break it a little bit for you or was it just a nice kind of, oh, it means that the game just kind of wants me to have fun? Like, Yeah, I mean, that's how I, because I've also reviewed the Dance Central games for a few years now. And Dance Central is very much interested in making you a good dancer and criticizing you heavily when you don't have your arm in exactly the right yeah. position. It's like being back in ballet class. <laughs> like, no, is, lift uh... your arm up, up. <laughs> I Put think Annette's had that, and like we didn't play it together anymore because, like you know, yeah. it just it wasn't fun to not be good at it, you know. Yeah. Whereas just dance is just like, yeah, I'm just gonna, you know, whatever. Like, and it can. So the fact that on the Xbox versions you can have six people at once suggests that the connect is not being too fussy because I mean, connect yeah. cannot pick out six people. I think that's just a lie. Um, I was at the. Uh, uh, Paris Games Week and they had like the Just Dance Electronic Sports World Cup oh yeah and so I saw bits of that and that was like you know they weren't relying on the game for like the verdict I don't think they were like talking to a panel of judges that they actually had on stage and like the Twitch audience and stuff so like yeah it was very much like okay uh, you know it didn't uh, yeah I feel like using the game kind of like critique. I almost feel like <laughs> it only it only has the feedback because otherwise it wouldn't be able to call itself a game like it really is just interested in like making sure people have a good time mm. and it should just be a dancing video really except we don't really have those anymore it's um, interesting actually that um sorry that where you were describing the split between that and dance central because that's kind of back in the plastic guitar era that's kind of what happened to like uh, rock band and guitar era oh rock band was much easier wasn't it yeah rock band was more concerned about you know making you feel like you were in a band whereas guitar hero was like you must master this incredibly complicated guitar solo mm. um, yeah so um yeah, Just Dance is amazing. I much prefer it to Dance Central because I can't actually dance. But Just Dance let me... I played some multiplayer, some online multiplayer, which, as you know, is something I don't tend to do. And I won, which is how I know it's not actually judging my ability to dance because I can't dance for shit. But, um, but I did manage to get a little crown, so that was good. And it has, um, has Let It Go from Frozen on it. Um, and it has the Tetris theme as well. It's got all these like dances designed for groups and specially choreographed for you to do like with a partner or with a group of people. And then the Let It Go one is like a musical theatre style um, duet dance where you one of you is Anna and one of you is Elsa and you do this like really dramatic yeah. Uh, dance where you're Does pretending it notice to... if you let down your hair? It, what, like I did when we were singing karaoke? <laughs> um, no, no, but you do get to pretend to build an ice palace, um, which cool. is what happens in the film. I don't know if that was in the song nice. as well. I've not seen Frozen. It is in the song. She does let her hair down. I did it at the wrong moment because I was confused because the lyrics are different in the karaoke <laughs> version. But um, I did have fun doing that. And then the Tetris one is, is a dance for four people where each of you does, you make different shapes with your arms and you do things like carry each other around and like get on your hands and knees and stuff. It's so much fun. Like such a good party game. I definitely recommend it over Dance Central. But I don't think, so this is the thing, I don't think I scored it as highly as Dance Central because, I mean, it doesn't care if you sit down through a whole song, which feels like, I don't know. Much, mm. yeah. I'm I, like it's it's doing what it intended, but it's also not very technically good. Mm. No, tricky. 
But yeah, if you can't dance, play just dance. Uh, and if you can, I guess Dance Central is where you want to be. Mm. But that's pretty... Maybe they'll just do a spin-off called Just Sit Down. Just, yeah. I mean, it's good for, you know, people in wheelchairs and things. Because mm. um, they can just, they can they can still join in, just wave their arms around and be told that they're good. Probably get yeah. a higher score than me. Should <laughs> um, answer some questions? Yeah, good idea. I don't have, oh no, I have one. Um, but it's from Hannah saying, can it be Game City forever, please? Um, to which I will say, it is always Game City in our hearts. <laughs> and from March next year. Uh, yes, and from March next year when the uh, National Video Game Arcade archive arcade opens. Arcade. Arcade opens. Um, what other questions did we have? Okay. Um, uh, uh, in keeping with the Call of Duty stuff we got asked recently, uh, Benjamin Rose asks, in the absence of any obvious dog to review, what being or concept from Call of Duty will... Uh, Philip will be writing about. I am actually working on something for that, so I will link him and talk about it next week. I think ah, if I can, I just mysterious. need to try and make it work. <laughs> sure, I someone already beat you to reviewing Kevin Spacey. I saw, and Sam linked me to it. He was like, "Well, <laughs> um, yeah." yeah. So, uh, although I don't think you were allowed to pet uh, Kevin Spacey at the launch <laughs> event, so it would have been useless anyway. So, not bothering. Not bothering to review that uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to pet Kevin Spacey <laughs> you want to be able to say you did though I mean like, yeah that's, that's true right there. I was thinking about this the other day I was watching um Brian Cox's human universe and you know we were joking about whether we'd sleep with Brian and I said I probably I'm not very attracted to him but I probably would just so I could say I had okay uh, other question from um, Ross Kennedy who asks uh, considering penis weapons are becoming more common, what's your most favorite? What's your uh, favorite slash most memorable gaming weapon? Uh, is this because I was talking about the flaming compensator in some? I think so, yeah. Right. But I feel like we've been primed for this question with this question here. Um, favorite weapon? Because yeah, I think the point of that is that as soon as you hear that whole question back, you can't really think of any non-penis weapons. I mean, can you think of any anyway? They're all really. I mean, aren't they all really penises? Oh, like, there's the dildo bat thing from Saints Row, mm. right? Yeah. Um, uh, but, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you want to go down that route, then virtually everything's a penis. I mean, you know. Even the even the names of them, like in Destiny, I'm using my uh, hand cannon, which can sound a bit erotic. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, I'm busy. Just, uh... Wow, you've ruined Dirty Harry movies for me. Oh, I'm sorry. I I've never seen hand it. Cannon, which is problematic, I guess, in and of itself now. Um, but yeah. Uh. Have you guys heard about this penis in Far Cry 4? Uh, Nobody yeah. told me. Yes, I, I, I did hear about it. Yes, yeah, someone was talking about it on Twitter. I would have thought I would have received an emergency phone call. <laughs> From who? I don't know. Anyone who knows me. <laughs> the penis director? <laughs> But um, it's yeah. I, I mean, it's disappointing when you actually see it because I, you don't really see it. It's just like from what I could gather, it seems to be like basically exactly the same scene as in in Far Cry Three, where I joke there was an implied penis flapping around, but they've actually put it in. Maybe they heard your feedback. <laughs> when I, I remember playing um, Far Cry Three at EDX or somewhere, and mm. it was the bit with the you know where the woman 
kind of gives you a lap dance. And I'm just sat there in a row with all my male friends and we're all just feeling incredibly awkward as we sit and look at these monitors where a woman is Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not a lap dance. That was my <laughs> that was my theory. I, I I assumed that you were having that the main character was having sex with her. At which mm. point he then immediately stands up and gives a speech to a crowd full of people without like yep. zipping or anything. <laughs> it's gotta be done. <laughs> Something to put on your bucket list. <laughs> um yeah, so but yeah, I remember saying to the woman, like, you know, uh, this this is, you know, not particularly doing it for me. Um, <laughs> you know, and one of my friends was like, oh, maybe if it was a guy. And the woman was like, oh, I wouldn't want that. I think it'd be too distracting just flopping around. I was like, lady, it would not be flopping. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. If you watch uh, about your friends, like. <laughs> but um, I don't know, like, Saints Row has some amazingly memorable weapons. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I kind of penises, and that would also be true. <laughs> I moved past the uh, talking about uh, weapons and just went straight on to penises. But you can adjust the bulge in Saints Row Four and Three, I think. Oh, okay. Hmm. But no, it does have some fun, fun uh, the notorious dubstep film and stuff like that as well. Um, I like the fact who was it who I think it was Meg Giant who started using dubstep gun as like a concept. Yeah, she spoke about it at Video Brain. The dubstep god of relationships. (laughs) I love the fact that 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 could be now a a phrase for, like, peak invention in game. Mm. Well, we haven't really answered the question, but I hope that was entertaining enough discussion that he went (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I had a few. Uh, We might need to save some for next week, though, given that it's getting on a bit, and my voice seems to be getting even worse. Um... One of them is from Ed Stern, who Uh, asks, best apes in games? Apes? Mm. Apes. I'm wondering whether that's anything to do with the the gorilla in the Overwatch trailer from Blizzard. Um, Because that was like, I was actually interested in Overwatch. I think that could be, yeah, it could be really good fun if they execute it well. Mm. Can we pretend that I made a really clever joke about the way that the word ape can be used as a verb? (laughs) Yes, why not? Okay, sweet. Mm. <laughs> apes in games. Uh, the monkey ball? Actually, oh, wait, ape, ape escape. Ape escape. You guys <laughs> or like ape an, anything involving Donkey Kong. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Donkey Kong yeah. was amazing. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I think there are, there are some good apes actually, there. Actually, yeah, I but... think um, Super Smash Bros. Melee Donkey Kong, because I was terrible at Super Smash Bros. and always lost. But occasionally I could grab people with Donkey Kong and then just dive off the edge of the map with the hold it whilst holding them. And that pissed people off so much. <laughs> um, Guys, aren't we humans also a kind of ape? <laughs> yes, indeed. So, really, all games, or most games. Well, primates. I think apes are actually sort of a specific, like, yeah. taxonomy. So, yeah, fact, but I, I can't remember the actual, like... So I shouldn't have said monkey ball because monkeys aren't apes. But yeah, so essentially, I'm going to go with Winston because he needs his moment in the spotlight, <laughs> I think, at the moment. Um, Ed asked a few more questions, but I think I'll save them for next week. Um, Good idea. And Michael uh, Machilak, I think, has asked, the new Lego game is out this week. Uh, is TT oversaturating the market like Call of Duty? So, 
I don't know. It's a weird one. It's like I haven't actually played a Lego game in ages. Uh, me neither. Which, I haven't which sort Lego of. Game we on now? I think it's the Batman ones. Hmm. But it's one of the Batman I've ones. I've heard the Batman well, ones are good. Now that Marvel has announced that it's making a gajillion movies, um, we're going to have Lego games for a long time, I think. Because I was worried at, at one state. Well, not worried because it doesn't really affect me at all. But I thought that they were running out of things to make Lego games about. But we've now got all these Marvel movies coming. So mm-hmm. there it will be. Kind of like there's a kind of um, it doesn't feel like it's a game or a franchise so much as it feels like a pop culture library at this point. <laughs> <laughs> They're good. I mean, they're all they are good, good, but you get kind of worn out because they're all the mm. same as well. They um, all have the same basic point, the same basic humour. As far yeah. as I've played them, like Apart I apart from I the Lego movie one, played them a little while ago. I haven't played that one actually. It's not good. Don't bother. Okay. I've heard, uh, I think it's Lego Batman Two is the one that kind of really shakes it up because that's when I started doing hub worlds and, and open worlds and things like yeah. that. Okay. Because, like, as much as I'd played it, it kind of felt more like different levels of the same core game, you know? Mm, yeah. And no, so, I... or, like, just reskinned for the type of movie that you might be interested in. So it kind of felt like, oh, so you don't like Batman, do you? Well, how do you feel about Indiana Jones? No, it definitely felt like that earlier. Like, the Harry Potter ones basically just felt like a... Largely a reskin of the um, Star Wars ones, for mm. example. Some of the franchises work way better than others. Like the, I thought the Lord of the Rings one was actually pretty good, but the Marvel mm. one, because all the characters have these distinct abilities, um, mm. that worked really well with all the different characters. Like um, the Lord of the Rings one had a bit of trouble with that. Like they gave Sam, they gave him like he, you know he had his rope, and obviously all the elves had bows and arrows, and they had to kind of. It felt quite contrived when they were coming up with the puzzles uh. that the different characters mm. could solve. Um, but the Marvel one was was really good, I thought. I had a horrible DS port, actually, of one of the Star Wars ones, like, oh, years yeah. and years ago. And yeah. so, like, yeah, they're not amazing on all platforms, I would say, from, from that experience. But, yeah, like, I, I don't know if it's so much... I, don't, I think, I guess, it is oversaturation, but it's more like that as far as I played it, it felt like they weren't particularly doing anything different with the same basic game. And so it's interesting if they've actually sort of, you know, they they started branching out, but it was, I guess, after I'd lost that basic sort of, oh, a new one, I'll get that kind Mm. of thing. Also, it's pretty slow progress and they make so many. Like there's obviously, there's like one or two a year. So it's not as obvious that things are I think it's that thing of like, I would feel happy buying any one of them for like to play with like a younger relative or something mm. so like i kind of have a basic sort of interest and trust and sort of whatever in the in the the playability and the like the b- basic execution of the franchise it's just that i don't feel any need to play all of them and i haven't been enthused about any particular title that they've signed up for it mm. so yeah um there are a few more questions actually, uh, but shall we? Should we call it for that? But I'll send them in, and then people could like sort of have a think about them for next time. Sure. Because sure. actually, one of them is whether we've had much time to play around with Elite Dangerous, mm-hmm. and like just wanting to know our thoughts on it. And I've actually sort of just installed uh, the recent update because I haven't actually booted it up in ages so i'm actually going to play a bit of that this week so i'd be better placed to answer that next week 
Pip, do you have a riff? I don't. I wish I did. Oh. I, I think I have some people that I might be able to borrow one off. But... Mm, I want to come and try it. <laughs> yeah. To talk about that. <laughs> Probably not on the podcast. But yeah, so like that's maybe one to ponder next week. Or if anybody listening has been sort of playing uh, in the beta, then do sort of have a word with us because we'd like to hear what you think. Mm-hmm. Yes, give us give us things to say in our podcast. We won't pay you for them or anything, but we're happy to accept free labour from our listeners. One of us get paid. <laughs> yeah. Actually, <laughs> for, I lose money on this. <laughs> Alternatively, uh, if you would just like to, uh, send us to money. chip us in, chip in with that, uh, with your opinions, uh, without feeling invalidated as <laughs> as a contributor, um, then yeah, go ahead. Uh, should we should we give them some details on how to contact us? Uh, yes, you can reach us at, at Not a Game Podcast on Twitter at notagamepodcast.com, uh, the website, or at notagamepodcast at gmail.com, the email that I never check because no one ever uses it. Um, <laughs> Or you can reach us individually. I'm Jawsu, which is J-A-W-S-E-W on Twitter. I'm at Philippa War, which is P-H-I-L-I-P-P-A-W-A-R. And I'm at Word Mercenary. Why don't you put all the Twitters in the uh, show notes and then people can find them there if they really want to follow us. <laughs> they do. In fact, they're on the website. Um, well, there we go then. Yeah. Everyone should just go there. It's nice. <laughs> it's a nice Yay. website. Mm-hmm. Awesome, and I am very sorry for the voice that has happened again. So, yes, uh, hopefully next week it will be a lot <laughs> less bleh. Oh, I think you sound lovely. Thank you. <laughs> but, yes, we should probably say goodbye before you lose your voice completely. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.